Hi, Josh Sorrell here from Sand Hill, FWB Church in Sandusky, Ohio. The podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sand Hill. It's our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ because here at Sand Hill, we believe that Christians can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, we invite you to visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or our social media pages on YouTube and Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. Blessed this morning, so uh, I'm going to not ramble and get right into it. Uh, we, uh, we, wa- we don't want to drag this thing out too long. As I say, we do have some other things to do, but we want the Word of God. Amen? I always want the Word of God, so we're, we're going to try and give you that. And um, So if you will turn your Bible to the book of Exodus, uh, again, uh, chapter 23. Uh, last Sunday I preached out of the book of Exodus, kind of unusual, uh, and I had never seen the, the, never really paid attention to the scripture that I had read last week, and I was reading along again, and come across this, and it just really stood out to me, and as I begin to see how the Lord's putting this all together, um, uh, it's God's doings, it's God's doings, and so I give Him all the credit for that. So we'll be reading in the 23rd chapter of Exodus, verse number 20. As we've already said, this is the last Sunday of the year, uh, and you know, as Brother Miguel said, a lot of people say, I can't wait till 2020's over with. We don't know what 2021 holds. Uh, but I do know who's going to be there in 2021. Amen. It's going to be all right. And no matter what it happens, no matter what good or bad lays ahead of us, uh, if we stick with the Lord, we're, we're going to be just fine. So if we could stand and honor God's word, <clears throat> uh, verse number 20, uh, Exodus 23, verse number 20. <clears throat> Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way. And to bring thee into the place which I have prepared, beware of him and obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice and do all that I speak, then will I be an enemy unto thine enemies and an adversary unto thine adversaries. Let us pray. Lord, how I thank you for this day. Thank you for each and every one that is here in person and in online. Uh, God, I pray you get me out of the way and Lord, allow your word to speak to your people in a special way this morning, I pray in Jesus' name and amen. You can be seated. So, interesting text. We are in the Old Testament Last week we we discussed the fact that Israel was going along in the wilderness. They had been seeing miracle after miracle after miracle happening. And they got into a little bit of a hard time. They didn't have any water. And they said, is the Lord with us? Is the Lord among us? And they begin to question, and we look back at that and we say, what is wrong with them? You know, that's a very shallow way of looking at it. You run into a little problem and you begin to wonder, is God here? Uh, and, uh, but then, you know, that was Christmas Sunday, last Sunday when I preached that, and, and uh, I meant to bring this in, Josh says, I cannot believe you did not say Emmanuel in that message. Uh, but, you know, Emmanuel says, God is with us. 
God is with us. So they were saying, is the Lord with us? And, and God literally came down as a person and dwelt with us. God was with us. That's what, that's what Christmas is. And so we go a little farther now in the story in the book of Exodus. Uh, and by the way, uh, the New Testament tells us that the things were written in the Old Testament for us to learn about of the things that we need to know now. So we, we, we can use the Old Testament as an illustration to, to teach us uh, New Testament doctrine, if you will. And so they were saying, is the Lord with us? Now they say, uh, now God says, I'm going to send an angel to live with you. Now, I don't, I don't want to try and argue this point out or prove my point this morning. I've, I've tried to do some research on this. But, but I believe that this was the very angel of the Lord, uh, Jesus Christ. And, and you say, well, I don't believe that. Well, at the very least, it says that this was an angel and he came in the name of God. So if this wasn't Jesus Christ, he's pretty important. Amen. Will you at least give me that much. There's an angel living with you and it's either a pre-incarnate Jesus Christ, which is a very common thing in the Old Testament, or it is an angel that comes with all the authority of God. One way or the other, we probably should pay attention. So before they're saying, is the Lord with us now? Uh, now literally God is in the camp. Is anybody getting that? Now, if we were all, as a church, we were all here, we were all camping out, and we knew the Lord was camping with us, I think that would change things. He says in this verse, he said, whatever he says, you better do it. Whatever he commands you, you better do that. You better be paying attention to what he says. Everything he says, it is the angel that came from God. And what I want you to see is we've gone from having signs and miracles and wonders and saying, is God among us? Is God with us? To God actually living in the camp. And it tells us here, this is really interesting to me. It tells us here that this angel is not going to, you know, it doesn't give us a whole lot of details. We have three verses here. It doesn't give us a lot of uh, details about this. you got this whole story of Exodus. got these three little verses here. And it just says the angel is in the camp. The angel's in the camp. But it does tell us whenever he talks, you better listen. So we don't know if he was a visible angel that was just always there they could see, if he was hovering above them somewhere. But I just know this, but if I know there's an angel, uh, if there's an angel there, I'm going to kind of know no matter what I'm doing, he's going to see me, right? He's going to be, I better be paying attention. And if I hear him talking, I probably better be listening because it is an angel talking for God. What's your point, preacher? Last week it was, is God with us? And now this week in the message, God is with us. And he's talking to us. And we better listen to him. And so if we bring this into today, we can say, is the Lord with us? And and on Christmas, Jesus came to be with us. We all believe that God is lived among us. Amen? Lived as a man, lived 33 and a half years, went to the cross, died for our sins, made a way to establish his church, to make a way that we can all go to heaven. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ did that. Uh, the Bible says in the book of John, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. 
Jesus literally came down and lived a perfect life, living out the word of God before our eyes, without sin, without any fault, living a godly life, displaying the word of God. Jesus did that. But then, as great as that was, God saw fit to give us the written word of God. Is that right? So we have Jesus now speaking of the perfect words of life, but then he gave the word of God. Now, I trust that everybody here believes that this is the inerrant, infallible word of God, that it is true from cover to cover, every word in it. There is not a mistake. There's not a contradiction. This is the word of God. Amen? Amen? This is the word of God. And we are blessed that God said, not only am I going to give you a perfect man to live a perfect life to display the word of God, I'm going to give you the written word to tell you how to live. Is that right? Now, how did he give that written word? How did he give that written word? By revelation of the Holy Spirit. Listen, Paul and Peter and James, they didn't sit down and say, what can I write today? What can I come up with? You know what they did? The Holy Spirit gave them the exact words to write out so there would be no faults. Listen, uh, you you see the writers writing in their own style, uh, but it is the words of God they are writing because it come from God. Amen? It came from God. It is the word of God. This is just the same. That angel that was speaking in the camp of Israel, if you'd have woke up on one morning and he'd have said, pack your bags and go east, you would not have said, I don't think that's what God meant. We wouldn't have said, well, I have a different opinion about that. You know what it said? The angel said, go east. We better go east. Does that make sense to everybody? It was what God said because that's what the angel was set there to give the word of God. That's what this is. This is the word of God. And it was given so we would know exactly what God wants us to do. So that was given a written inspiration. But there's one more key to this whole thing. So the Lord is with us. We had the word become flesh. We had the written word. But then Jesus said... This is really mind-boggling. Jesus was here walking around the earth. He's the perfect representation of God. And this is what Jesus said. He said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send you a comforter. And the disciples, now they became, they became sad and they, they weren't happy. And everything. He said, wait, wait a minute. It's going to be better than when I'm here. When the Holy Spirit gets here, it's going to be better than when I'm here. And they had a hard time believing that. How can it be better than Jesus? And he said, oh, you got to understand, this spirit that I'm sending back is going to live inside of you. And it's going to teach you the things that I have said. It's going to give you understanding in the things that I have said. It's going to bring to remembrance the things I've said. I'm going to send you back one to live inside of you, to dwell inside of you, and to tell you what the Word of God says. So, so not only do we have the written Word, but how many of you know we do not understand this book without the Holy Spirit? Is that true? Listen, you can be really smart. You can be really intelligent. You can read this thing uh, um, for years and years and years, and you will not understand this until the Holy Spirit opens up what it says. Amen? Is that what we believe? The Holy Spirit must show us what the Word of God says, and God not only gave us His written Word, He gave us the Holy Spirit to understand His Word. And, and that, is, that, is, that is so very exciting. So, so number one, uh, I would like to look at the role of the Holy Spirit. The role of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Josh sings that song, I've been changed. Do you know the role of the Holy Spirit is to change you? 
The thing in the Old Testament is we read this, this scripture here in the book of Exodus and you think they had the angel living among them, literally giving them step-by-step orders. You know, we have GPSs now. They call it step-by-step turn, turn right here, turn left here, do this, do that. Tells you exactly where to go, right? Well, they had an angel that told them everything to do. It would be impossible to mess that up. But they did. But they did. How could they mess it up? How could you have an angel telling you everything to do and you still mess it up? Because they did not have anything on the inside to make them good. They're trying to follow commands that they're not able to to follow. Jesus said, I'm going to do you one better. He said, not only am I going to tell you how to live, but I'm going to put something on the inside of you to make you different so you'll be able to live what the Word of God says. I've said this many times. I want to try to really prove this in, in the days to come. But this book is not hard. It's not hard to be a Christian. It is impossible. To live up to what the Word of God says, love your enemy. How many of you can do that by trying harder? I mean, when someone really, really, really does you wrong and really just intentionally does everything to make your life miserable and you say, I want to do my best to make you have a great life. How many of you can do that? You can't do that just by trying harder, but the Holy Spirit can come inside of you and make you a different person and change who you are. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So it changes us. It makes us different from the inside. And that's a totally different concept than they had in the Old Testament. So it it makes us different. The Word of God is supernatural. We need a supernatural Holy Spirit to help us to see that. We need a supernatural Holy Spirit to help us live that out. And we need a supernatural Holy Spirit to help us to understand what it actually means. And so that that is the role of the Holy Spirit is to teach us what the Word of God thus saith the Word of God. <clears throat> so I like to look at number two. I like to look at uh, re- revealing of truth. This is really important, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you this morning at least what your pastor believes. You can decide if you believe it or not. I, I believe this is a lot of uh, this would really help us if we would understand this this morning. But revealing of truth. Now, did God give us a book, and He said this is this is the Word of God, but there's no way you're going to understand it. Did God do that? What, what, what kind of guy would he be if he did that? Listen, he, he, would be, he, he would be unjust and he would be unrighteous if he did that. He gave you, gave you a book, but there's no way you can understand. So we know that we can understand it, and we know that it takes the Holy Spirit to understand it. Uh, but why is it there is so much controversy and so many different opinions and so many uh, uh, different beliefs about the Bible? I don't think that's hard to understand. Can I give you one word? that tells you why we have so much conflict in the, with uh, beliefs in the Word of God? Man. Man. If you take man out of it, it's clear. It's, it's, we all have an opinion. We all have a belief. We all have a thought. We all have, can I just say it doesn't matter? It does not matter what your pastor teaches you. It does not matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what grandma said. It doesn't matter what the denomination says. It matters what God says. That is what matters. If we get back to what God says, it'll be all right. So here's, here's how I believe that we ought to, uh, to see the truth. I would like for you to follow along with me in this little logic that I have. If you would turn your Bible to the book of uh, Acts, Acts chapter 2, real quickly, I just want to read you some verses. This makes, uh, makes things clear to me. It may not make it clear to you, but it makes things clear to me. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42 so Jesus has went back to heaven. He's died on the cross. He has ascended back into heaven. He has sat down on the right hand of the Father. He's established his church. The church is now uh, getting being being birthed, and in, uh, if you will, in the beginning stages. And, and in Acts two forty two, it says, "And they can this." So this is what church was. This is what church was. They continued steadfastly. Does everybody know what that word means? 
you ain't you ain't budging steadfastly. You're solid. You're you're it's 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 concrete. This is where we're staying in the apostles doctrine and in fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. Anybody know what the word doctrine means? It means teaching. It simply means teaching. It says they came to church to be taught the word of God, to have fellowship, to break bread. Hey, God, break bread, right? And, and, and to pray. We want to get back to the old time way. Let's get back to God's old time way. And the old time way is learning what the Bible says. Praying, fellowshipping with one another. And Brother Charles breaking bread. Amen. Get an amen. Amen. That is the old time way. That is God's old time way. That may not have come from Kentucky, but praise God, that's the old time way. And there's not an improvement on it. So follow me on this. The church is just birthed. It is just born. It, it is literally in the, in the infant stages. And the very first thing they do steadfastly, constantly, it, it literally says, you know, people say we go to church too much. In this time, they were going every day. How many like to go to that standard? Every day. They were, and we would come to church every day of the week to learn the word of God. Isn't that amazing? So that was the standard. That's how the church began. That's how, so there was the word of God. It was given to the apostles and the apostles taught it to the people. Now turn with me to second Timothy. Follow this argument. Second uh, Timothy chapter three. If you find your places there, I would like for you to read this with me. Second Timothy chapter three and verse number 14. So now we are not, uh, in the infant stage, if you will, of the church, the church has moved on just a little bit. Still first century. <clears throat> if I can find it. Second uh-huh. Timothy chapter 3 and verse number 14. So Paul now has set in some pastors. So the church has progressed enough. Now there are churches, congregations beginning to develop and pastors being set in over those. So we have the apostles doctrine. It was taught to everybody in Jerusalem. They begin to spread out. Now churches begin to build all over the, all over the world. And there's little congregations popping up here and they begin to set pastors in over them. Timothy and Titus and Philemon and all these pastors that were set in over these churches that were there. And this is what Paul, Paul the, the apostle tells Timothy, the pastor, you guys understand the progression? We're going from a, a, a the book of Acts where the church is, is really just an infant stage to now the church is established and there's pastors. And this is what Paul told Timothy. He said, verse 14, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. That is important. Paul is saying, I, as an apostle who received it straight from God, Paul, another place he said, I did not receive this of man, I received this of God. What I received straight from God, I gave it to you, Timothy. Remember who you got it from, and remember this is the truth. Hold on to it. Now you are a pastor, and and Paul is older, and Paul knows I'm going to be dying, Timothy, so you are going to be the one now who has to hold the line. So the apostles' doctrine was clear, but they gave it to the pastors who were younger under them to raise up, to stand up, and and hold the truth. So Paul said, Timothy, hold on to that truth that I gave you, because it came from God. There's, There's no distortion here. It came from God. It's the truth that came from God. So then, so then go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, just back a page. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and here's Paul's instructions. No, Timothy, you have the truth that I gave you. In 2 Timothy 2, 2, it says, And the things that thou hast heard among many witnesses, 
The same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. So you have Timothy and Titus and Philemon and all these young pastors who are under the apostles, who have received the word of God from the apostles. And it says, now you guys take that same doctrine and give it to other men under you who will hold that truth. See, what I'm trying to show you is God had a plan that the truth would make it to 2020. Does anybody believe that? Did the truth make, did it get lost? Did we got to go find it? it was not, no, God had a plan to get truth from, 20, from, from the cross to 2020. And, until the, and, I, and I believe very confidently, until the Lord returns, truth will still be here because God had a plan that, to take care of it. So he gave it to the first pastors under the apostles, told them to give it to the young men under them, told them to give it to the men under them, and just continue giving this truth to the next generation, the truth that will continue on until I come back. Amen? Does is that, is that make sense to you guys now? Turn over to the book of Jude with me. Last place I'll run you. Jude chapter, or there's only one chapter, but Jude, Jude the, uh, the third verse of, uh, of the book of Jude. So Jude being a brother of, a half-brother of our Lord, this is what Jude said. So if you understand the argument now, the apostles received this from, from God. They gave it to young preachers. The young preachers gave it to faithful men. And this is how Jude wraps things up. And this is going to be kind of my new uh, life verse uh, for the foreseeable future. Jude verse number three. <clears throat> now, if you understand your Bible, Jude is kind of in a, uh, he's not in a generation of the, of the apostles. He, he's, he's, he's further down. If you understand. And in verse number three, he says, Beloved, when I give all diligence to write unto you the, com- the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Now that once delivered, really, you could very easily... Uh, um, uh, in, um, that, that means once and for all. Listen... You can't have truth five times. Does that make sense? You only have truth once. What truth you receive once, earnestly contend for. So if I can draw you the picture, the apostles were spoken to by God directly. They have the inerrant word of God. They gave it to young pastors. Young pastors gave it to faithful men. Faithful men gave it to others. And Jude said, men, until God comes back, earnestly fight for the truth. Stand on the truth. Don't back up. Don't compromise. Stand for the truth. And the devil has us convinced today we don't know what the truth is. So here's an interesting fact. If any of that made sense to you. So now we're leaving the first century. The Bible concludes by telling us to fight for the truth that came through the apostles, through the pastors, through the young brothers, and now has come to all of us. So we follow her church history. Very interesting thing. I think is very, very fascinating. You go back and study. I absolutely love studying church history. But you go all the way back to the first century up till 2020. And you will find a whole lot of fighting going on. <laughs> okay, you go find a whole. You go all the way back and all down through time. The ch- churches have fought with one another, and, and preachers have fought with one another, and everybody's had different opinions and fights and fights and fights and fights. Here's a very interesting thing, totally fascinating. Me, see if this makes sense to anybody else. I'm trying to drive drive you guys a, a picture here. You know, you can go back in the 1500s and see what they're fighting about. Guess what? We're not fighting about it anymore. 
You can go back in the 1700s what they were fighting about. Two preachers, button heads, fighting with each other. You know what? We ain't fighting about that no more. You can go back to, you can go back to the early 1900s what they were fighting about. We ain't fighting about that no more. You can go back to 2000, the year 2000, things we were fighting about. We ain't fighting about those things anymore. Do you know why that is? Because the things we fight about are the things that don't matter. And the truth just keeps right on going. And I want you guys to see that this morning. I want you guys to understand that, that there is a truth. So, so here is the interesting thing. You can go back to, the, to, to the 300 years uh, after Christ died. You can go back to 1,000 years after Christ died. You can go back to 1,600 years after. Or you can go back to today. All the way through, you will find the truth in the church all the way through. The clear truth is there. Now, it's muddled up by a whole lot of things. Let me just give you a few illustrations real quickly of, of what I am referencing. I don't know that this has never been in this church, and I don't know if any of you remember. Sister Bessie actually told me that she knew about this. I don't know if any of you have any experience about this. It may not be a free will Baptist thing. But there was a time, uh, not in, in our lifetime, there was a time when head coverings was an argument. And women had to wear a, a, a hat to church. If you don't wear a hat to church, you're not saved. You can't even be a Christian and you ain't coming in here and we're going to take a stand. You will not come to church without a hat on if you're a woman. Because the 11th chapter of of, uh, 1 Corinthians says that a woman's head must be covered. Makes perfect sense. And someone could stand up and boldly say, I'm standing for the word of God. But guess what? You can't go to any place now where they were, were. In those very churches where they fought about that, they said, you know what? I think that must not be right. And they quit fighting about it. There were people who'd run you out of the church there. People wouldn't let you be a member. There were people who'd take a strong stand because you got to wear a hat to church. And now we say, we don't care if you wear a hat to church. Now, come on. Now, you could say, well, they compromised and back. So do you want to go back to wearing a hat all the time when you come to church? What I'm trying to show you is that was not truth. That was some man's misinterpretation of the scripture that was perverted that could not stand the test of time, and it is completely gone now. We know that, uh, it, we know that um, again, not, nothing that we've ever done, but we know that there was a belief. In my time, there was denominations who believed it was a sin not to wear long sleeves. You guys know that, Brother Ball? You had to wear long sleeves. If you don't wear a long sleeve, you're a floozy, Right? You're showing your forearms, right? I mean, it's you're an abomination. It's sinful. It's evil. It's wicked. How many people wear long sleeves now because they have to? What's my point? Those things were man-made. Those things could not stand the test of time. Those things went away. They no longer exist because they were not the truth that has lasted for 2,000 years. The truth has never changed since Jesus went to the cross. It is still going on today. But a whole lot of things we fight about just falls by the wayside. Can I assure you of something? I believe the Lord's coming back. I believe the rapture's coming. I believe we're going to all be out of here soon. But if he doesn't, and time goes on, and we're in 100 years from now, they'll look back to what we fight about in this church, and they'll say, nobody talks about that stuff anymore. That stuff's not even on the radar slip. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? But then remember when music was a sin. It is a sin to have music in the church. If you got a piano or a guitar or any, I mean, that is a sin. And you cannot possibly, be, I don't know how they ever come up with that because that is so anti-biblical. But anyways, it was a sin to bring music into the church. And they would fight and they'd run you out of church and they'd divide churches. Do you know what? Nobody fights about that now. And a lot of the same people who said that was wrong then say, oh, we changed our mind. It's not wrong now. My, what is my point? The truth never changes. The truth is always the same. People who stood for things a thousand years ago, it's still the truth. People always say, don't compromise, don't give in, don't back up. Well, don't back up on the truth. But sometimes we're not standing on truth. Sometimes we're standing on what man says. 
we got to stand on truth. Now, and I just say this, this is what this whole message is all about. In 2020, almost 2021 now, we need the truth. We need the truth. Can I tell you, I don't know what the future holds. Can I tell you, it doesn't look real bright. Can I tell you, it may come a time when they tell us it's against the law to come to church. Can I tell you, we need something more than Mama said, or this is how we've always done it. We need something more than just a man-made tradition. We need, thus saith the Word of God. Can I tell you, I'm going to ask you guys to do a little homework assignment here just in a second, but if I can get stopped long enough. But can I tell you, Sister Georgia, if they put me in prison, which is very likely that it will happen, and they put a gun to my head, and they say, deny the virgin birth, they're going to have to shoot me, because I'm not going to deny the virgin birth. If they say, admit that there are errors in the Bible, they're going to have to shoot me, because I'm not going to deny it. If they say that salvation is by any other way than Jesus Christ, they're going to have to shoot me. But can I tell you, there's a whole lot of rules we fight around over here I ain't going to die for. I ain't going to die for. There's a whole lot of things we want to fight about. And they say, well, we're going to do this here. Go right ahead and do it. You ain't shooting me over that one. Does anybody see what I'm talking about here? The truth is worth dying for. Man-made traditions are not worth dying for. And can I tell you, if they take our freedom, and I've said this so many times, and I, and I, I believe this is where we're heading, church, and when they take our freedoms away, and they are locking us up, and they are persecuting us, and, and the churches are being uh, um, forced to, to really find out who the true believers are, can I just make you a, a real sure promise? We ain't going to be fighting over all the stuff we're fighting about now. It won't matter. You know what will matter? Jesus Christ. One way to heaven. Get people into heaven and keep them out of hell. Righteousness, holiness, the things that are clear in the Bible, those are the things that will stand. Can I show you all? Listen, when you go into foreign countries, into China, and these places where they're taking people's heads off and where they're fighting, they're not saying, well, I have this belief and I'm going to not associate with you. They're going to say, listen, if you believe in Jesus, we're going to be friends. Because that's the way it is. Because that's what's important. And we need to, and listen, in 2021, we need to get the truth and stand on the truth and figure out what really matters and what doesn't matter. And quit fighting about everything that doesn't. I'm not preaching this message like we're fighting about things because we're not. I'm just, I'm just making this point. In 2021, we need the truth. And that's what we need to, uh, to get down to. So, so last and least, uh, number three, real Christians. Real Christians. I believe we need some real Christians. <laughs> just as a little sideline. I believe this COVID thing has been really good for the church. Because it has been a, a, a thinning out. Because if you don't really, see, here's the, here's the thing about Charles. If you don't really love Jesus, you've got a really good reason to stay home. And you can just tell your pastor, I'm afraid of church. Now, I hope nobody in this church is doing that, but I believe that that is going on across the world. And the pastor has a real hard time saying, you need to be in the house of God. Because you say it's my health. <laughs> right? Now, all you crazy people, I couldn't keep you away from here. Right? You guys just wanted to come to church. Even you guys that are scared wanted to come to church. Right? And, and, but my point is, I think a lot of the fake Christians uh, they couldn't make it through this whole COVID thing. So it's been a purifying. And can I tell you, there's another purifying I believe going to come. And so we need to get on the truth. We need, to, we need to have convictions. So we need to have convictions at the Sand Hill Church, things we will die for. People used to have things they would die for. We need some of those again. We need to know why we have them, believe that we have them, believe it is truth, know it comes from God, know the Holy Spirit gave it to us, and know that we will stand on it no matter what, know why we believe those things. That's what we need to do. We need to live out what the Bible says in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I said this over and over again, but we need some beliefs. You need some beliefs. All, every last one of you, you guys need some beliefs that doesn't change when you change pastors. 
If you've got a set of convictions and they're from the word of God, does not matter what the pastor says, does not matter what comes or goes, doesn't matter what the church says, you don't change them. Now, there are people who won't change for anything, but is it because it's established in the word of God or is it because of what you believe? And my point is, there ought to be some convictions here at Sand Hill that if I die tomorrow and a liberal pastor comes in, you got to say, we're sticking with the word of God and we're not doing what the preacher says. If I am trying to preach to you guys something that is not Bible, that is, that, is, that is liberal theology, you guys need to say, we're not going to do that, Pastor. We are going to stick with the Word of God. Amen? But when you argue with me, we're going to stick with how we've always done it and what tradition says and what man believes, even if the Word of God contradicts that. Now, me and you got a problem. Because I think we ought to do what the Bible says. Amen? Anybody with me on that? We ought to do what the Bible says and not what man says. We pray that this message has stirred your soul as you continue on for Christ. If you've been blessed by this sermon, we encourage you to share this podcast with others that we made together and embolden each other for the kingdom cause. To listen to Sandhill Sermons live, you can join us Sundays at 11 o'clock on Facebook and YouTube. You can also find additional content such as our Steadfast Studies podcast or the NOYC Godcast for Youth provided by Sandhill for spiritual growth of all ages. These can be found at sandhillfwb.com or on all major podcast platforms. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way.